Hey, this is Lucky Yates. Hey there, this is Jimmy Simpson. Hello, this is Brad Sherwood. Hi, this is Claire Coffey. This is Andy Daly. Hey there, this is Kevin Durant. Hi, I'm Chris Barnell. Hey, this is TJ Fines. Hey y'all, this is David Hoffman. You are listening to Next Level Radio. Have fun. It's time for the Showcast. And now, here they are, those pop culture junkies and your hosts, Ben Beck, Adam Gorey, and Steve Richards. Welcome, everyone, to another Showcast Spotlight here on Next Level. I am Ben Beck, joined this time by Steve Richards, and tonight... We're joined by yet another cast member from ABC's hit sitcom Last Man Standing. A couple weeks ago, we had the opportunity to speak with Molly Ephraim. And tonight, um, we have the pleasure of speaking with, again, a cast member from Last Man Standing, now currently in its sixth season. Please welcome to the spotlight the lovely Nancy Travis. Nancy, thank you for joining us. Thank you. My pleasure. So great to be on. I, I didn't even know that you guys had talked to Molly. She's from Pennsylvania. Yeah, she is. Yeah, we, so we had yeah. a little bit of uh, some local conversation with her when she was when she was on. She's, I think, she's from the same area too because we're in the Philadelphia area, and she's from uh, I think like Bucks County. Yeah, yeah, so. she is. Yeah, so nice. Yeah, are you familiar with the area? Have you been to Philly at all? I have been to Philly. I don't know the area well. I actually grew up in Massachusetts, Framingham, Massachusetts. And um, so East Coast kind of gets glommed together for me now that I'm living in California. So, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not familiar with the area, but maybe I'm closer to the area when I was growing up than I am right now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's close enough. I mean, it, we're the same way, you know, tri-state area, Jersey, PA, Delaware, Maryland, Northeast. Yeah. It's it's all the same to us. Yeah, it, yeah. It's all the same kind of weather in the winter. Yes, which is actually, aren't you guys having a heat wave right now? Yeah, we're like mid 80s right now for mid October, which is kind of strange. Wow, yeah, it is strange. We're having a heat wave right here, right here, right now. It's 100 degrees today, so wow. a little strange for October, but we have it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're in California, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, 100 degrees in October. That's crazy. I know, but that we don't get that. We don't have 100 degrees now. Now it's well. What we really want is rain. If it was 100 degrees and pouring rain, we'd be happy with that. But we have, <laughs> don't have that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk a little Last Man Standing. Obviously, as I mentioned, you guys are in your sixth season, and I believe we've had about is it four or five episodes have aired so far for the season. Uh, yes, I. I think it is. I think this is the sixth episode about to come on. I think, but Coming up this Friday. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have to say too, I, this is something that we spoke to Molly about too. And I was a huge fan. I got on board with Last Man Standing because I was a huge fan. I'm, first off, I'm a huge fan of Tim's, yeah. and I was a big fan of Home Improvements. So of course, when I found out he was coming back to television, I jumped right on board. And uh, I, I'm, I'm such a fan of Last Man Standing at the same time. I'm so happy I'm that, that it, I'm so happy that it's still on. And I was very happy when I found out we were going to talk to you because one of my favorite things about Home Improvement was the the family dynamic, um, you know, with Tim and Jill and or, or Tim and mm-hmm. Patricia. And, right. you know, it seems like you and you and Tim with, uh, you know, with Mike and Vanessa kind of have that same kind of family dynamic, which I love. Great. I know, I mean, I know uh, Tim was also a creator on the show, and I know he loved doing Home Improvement, 
And in a lot of ways, that was a seminal show. It ran for a long time, and it was huge and, and garnered huge ratings. And so he wanted to to sort of capture that um, notion of a, a true family sitcom about a family. And he wanted it to be a real family, a, a married couple that actually loves each other. They're still intimate together. They're still they care about their family. They're trying to get through the day, and they're trying to solve real problems and. And not always feel like you have to come up with the perfect answer in 22 minutes. I mean, sometimes things are left unresolved. And I think, especially this this past season, what the show has done really well is been able to bring up complicated topics and and have a discussion among characters and just come down with, well, you have your opinion, you have your opinion, and, and we can still care about each other and love each other, and, and it's all good. So, yeah. um, I mean, that's partly what I love about the show is it's it's more nuanced than a lot of stuff that you see. Yeah, and I know you you know you mentioned two home improvements ran for such a long time and it ran for eight seasons. You guys are currently in your sixth. Cannot believe it. Cannot believe it. And in <laughs> fact, you know, Tim will tease me because after the first season, I thought, oh my god, we are not going to make it. I talked to a psychic. And I said, is my show going to get picked up because I'm having a good time, but it doesn't look good. I don't know where a Fox show airing on ABC, and uh, what's going to happen? And at the time, the psychic said, oh, yeah, you're going, you've, you have many, many years on this show. I said, no, come on, no, this show, the one I'm doing right now, are we going to get picked up? And she said, yes. So um, whenever the negotiations have seemed, can you hear my dogs barking in the background? Oh, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, this is a raid. Um <laughs> So let me just close this door. Hang on. Sure. I don't even know if that's going to help, but we'll see. <laughs> um, so what was I saying? Oh, you're ta- you were talking about your psychic and oh, the psychic. Yeah. Right. So, so I actually went in one day and I spoke to Tim, and he said, "I don't know. Uh, you know, there it's, it's going to be difficult to get picked up. We'll see what happens." And I said, "But the psychic said. The psychic <laughs> said." So he's always teasing me at the end of the season, saying, what did the psychic say? You need to go back to the psychic. We've got to find out what's happening. <laughs> what an L.A. Um, thing to do, to go to a psychic. It's such an L.A. thing to do. Yeah. I know. And you'd think I would ask about, you know, how much longer am I going to live. But, no, I want to know if my show is going to get picked up. <laughs> yeah, I think this was the first time um, – I mean, you've done a lot of television and film. But I think yeah. is this the first series you've been a part of that's actually made it and surpassed 100 – that celebrated its 100th episode? Yes. Yes, I mean I. Uh, I mean I've done a lot of TV and feature film work before that, and the series that I've done have always seemed to go about a year and a half and then be done. And then Becker, of course, went longer, but I was I wasn't on that for the whole time. I was yeah, I think only you on came, it for a year and a half. Yeah, you came in at I think towards the end of that series. Yeah. So once we got past a year and a half on this, I thought, well, the curse has been broken and and we're golden. So that's a good thing. <laughs> um, you know, you mentioned Tim, too, and how he jokes around. I, I have to imagine, and Molly kind of confirmed this, too, but I have to mm-hmm. imagine he has to be the one of the most fun people to work with on set. He is a lot of fun. I mean, I think there's – first of all, I admire him tremendously, and I have learned a lot from him working with him just in uh, how to be comfortable – with comedy and, and frankly, how to be funny. Uh, he, I'm, I'm always asking him, how can I make this work? And he is, is ready to help. But he is uh, a very opinionated guy, and he has stories about everything. And um, 
there's a lot of stuff that's off color, and he's not afraid to say what he thinks and feels and often spin it in a funny way. Mm. So um, we're often listening to him go off and expound about something that sometimes we're, we're charmed by and sometimes we really don't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was a, a Home Improvement fan as well. And yeah. he certainly threw off, like, because you're getting prepared, or you've already filmed it, but the next episode that's going to air is the Halloween episode. Yeah. So you have to wonder if he's like that in real life, because certainly with the home improvement stuff, like the Halloween episodes that they did was some of the bigger episodes, and obviously you guys have episodes dedicated to Halloween as well. So yeah, is it like, and- a, like a festive type of thing? He likes to uh, kind of joke around and have fun there? Oh, yeah, definitely. And and I will say, I mean, is is as I said earlier, a lot of our episodes deal with bigger issues and we talk about them. The Halloween episode is a complete romp. It's just a goof and it's fun and uh, it's a little off the charts crazy. So um, it should be it should be fun to watch. We're all excited to see it because we all, uh, I don't know if, if you know this, but in this episode, um, I want to have the annual Halloween party and Tim's character does not. He's sick of it. He doesn't want to have it. So he thinks <laughs> the solution is to force us to all dress up as each other and <laughs> that that will be so unpalatable that we'll end up hating Halloween and never want to do it again. <laughs> and um, it works to a certain extent because we start, uh, we dress up as each other and then start sort of becoming the worst of each other and bickering. And uh, and then there's some news that comes in the episode that kind of dampens all our spirits and, and everyone rallies and, and comes back together at the end. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Tim uh, is sort of the puppet master in the episode, and uh, he does that dressed as Donald Trump. So I don't oh, know if boy. I'm giving anything away here, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny. <laughs> it is really <laughs> it's, funny. It's funny. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny that you bring up the whole Donald Trump thing, too, because it I've I've read articles before the season even started, and I'm assuming it's it's kind of true to life in that the the show kind of does reflect a lot of Republican views uh, as the show I, as the show goes on. Yeah, I think though. I mean, what the show has tried really hard to do is is be balanced. So, in the fact that it shows any Republican views or conservative views at all is kind of um, unique. For what's on television yeah. right now, uh, I don't think there are many shows that show any conservative points of view at all. So I, I don't even I hesitate to even say it's it's a Republican show or it's a Trump show or it's anything like that because we definitely present liberal points of view. But as I said before, we present these points of view and there's a dialogue, and you come away with what you come away with. Um, but it is uh, it is kind of an outlier. I mean, I think. I think a lot of what's on TV is is definitely very liberal minded and and progressive minded and yeah the one show that's like I mean we have hunters in our show which for me who's a big animal advocate it drives me crazy <laughs> and I can't stand it but but that's what what we are telling stories about yeah well I mean even the Republican or the you know the conservative point of views or any political point of views that the show has it's always done tongue in cheek it's always done with a sense of humor so yeah. I, I, I don't think it's anything that anybody who's watching the show should ever be offended by no no like not that. at all and uh, and and also I mean we have the one character Ryan who is the the, the liberal point 
point of view. And um, it, it's also a lot of what he does is an extreme, and it's tongue-in-cheek. And um, I think it's it, it, the, the real issue is we're, we're presenting these things, and, uh, and this is how people are trying to get through the day and live their lives and, and make do for their families. And, um, yeah, and, and frankly, I mean, we get a lot of humor out of it. A lot of humor comes out of that conflict between the two characters. Oh, yeah, definitely between Mike and, uh, Mike and Ryan. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, and he does these vlogs at the end of the show, and he loves to poke fun at, uh, I mean, the Mike Baxter character. Uh, it, it poked fun at Hillary Clinton and liberals and things like that, and, and the audience eats it up. I mean, but it, people in the audience who are Republican or Democrat, they love it. It's hysterical. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. So it's a lot of fun. Um, I know earlier on in your career, back when you first started, I think you started primarily on stage, did you not, before television and film? I did, yeah. I uh, I started out in New York on stage doing plays and commercials. I mean, really, commercials were my first sort of um, taste of any kind of monetary success at all, and um, and that was that was pretty good for me. And I was determined to stay in New York and never come out to Los Angeles, and <laughs> ended up coming out a lot. Finally, met my husband. <laughs> you the dogs again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Trust um, me, we've done interviews where people have had flat-out conversations with their pets while we've been talking to them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I mean, it's they are, if, if you could know that they're three rooms away, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it is an amazing thing. Uh, yeah, but um, that's, yeah, so commercial, theater. <laughs> so was it, film. was it through the commercial work that you ended up making the transition into, like, television and movies? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was sort of one step at a time, a lot of waiting tables and one step at a time. There was no exploding onto the scene for me. I mean, I did a lot of commercials uh, and then started doing little parts in TV movies and, and ABC after-school specials. I don't even know if you remember those. But um, it was it really step-by-step, step, little parts in movies and then bigger parts in movies and then switching over to TV and... And I, I've been fortunate because I've been able to work for all these years consistently and mm. I've never had to look back, so that's been good. Yeah. So, so just try to fit in a timeline. Where does all this fit in with the uh, creation of the, the Naked Angels that you created? Also, oh gosh, just because I, I wanted to talk about the Naked Angels. but Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was right out of college. Okay. So um, I went to NYU, and we a bunch of us uh, graduated with these degrees in drama, that were frankly worthless, and uh, just tried to find something to do <laughs> with ourselves. So formed this theater company in New York, and as cliche as it sounds, we had a friend who had an uncle who had a big space in the city, like a barn, <laughs> and we put on shows. And, um, and that, was a, that was a great bonding thing, and I'm still in touch with those people, those people that were part of that group are still uh, close friends, and we still stay in touch. Well, is one of those people Frances McDormand? Like, I'm seeing this here. I don't know if she was or how she, uh, she close you guys were there. Yeah, she did some things, I think. And, I mean, Jeffrey Knopf and John Robin Bates, um, Rob Morrow. I mean, there were a lot of people, Fisher Stevens, a lot of New York actors, Gina Gershon. Uh, there were a lot of people involved then. That's cool. So where does the name yeah. come from then? Because that's interesting. I don't even know. I think it was 
trying to think back. I think there was a member named Nicole who it had some kind of meaning, uh, probably based on some poem or something that I can't recall. But, yeah, it has a meaning, but I don't even know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Catchy, though. It's catchy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you, I, I know, uh, you know, we mentioned, you know, you've done a bunch of television and a bunch of film. Is, is there one that you prefer over the other, or do they both hold both different, uh, you know, positives and negatives towards them? I think, I mean, I I, I always love to do a play. I, I mean, and it, it's few and far between for me, but that always seems to be um, the getting back to your craft kind of grounding thing because it's just you out there in front of an audience and you get to be indulgent in the rehearsal process and all of that. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I kind of love all of it. I'm, I'm always happy to work, and I like working with different people and, and learning different things. It's an ongoing learning process. I like the immediacy, immediacy of doing live television, sitcom television, uh, we do record the show in front of an audience, and believe it or not, you rehearse one episode all week, and then as soon as you get it on its feet in front of the audience, it changes, and each audience brings its own personality, and the jokes either live or die, and you're really kind of out there. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that. I love that feeling, and it uh, is as dogged as the rehearsal week may be, when we get in front of the audience, it, it really comes alive and, and becomes electric. And I know Tim feeds off of that, and his enthusiasm for that is infectious, and it's like showtime. Yeah. So I, I love that. And uh, and feature films are also wonderful. They're, it's, it's trying to tell intimate stories uh, with a camera right in your face and, and to really express something through that lens. Yeah. So different things. I guess the live television too would also add a add back to you an element of the performing on stage uh, as well because again you're in front of an audience and whereas with a stage play you know you do one complete run through the whole way through there's no stopping right. um you know but and live TV you get you can stop and 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 redo a take or anything like that so I guess yeah. it's kind of the best of both worlds it is the best of both worlds, and I mean, my my ego uh, coming as a stage <laughs> actress doesn't. I hate when I go up or or we stop. And Tim is a, a stand up comic, so I mean, he loves to improvise and go off on tangents and chase the funny. So it's an interesting <laughs> uh, marriage here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I've I've seen a lot of the outtakes from. From home improvements, so I know oh, I, yeah. I can only imagine how he's yeah how he oh, is in front of he, the audience. He, yeah, it's like tossing a quarter, the shiny object, and he goes, and <laughs> and the audience loves it, loves it. It reels them back in, and they just love it. So um, it's it's just tricky to follow him and stay in the same zone. But, yeah. But it, we it, just follow. We don't even try to get in line or get in front of him. We just follow. <laughs> it's one of those things, too, because I know if I ever lived out in L.A., I would try my best to just go to live tapings of television shows as much as possible. Because I've, I've, the only one I've ever been to was I went to a taping of The Tonight Show in New York, and um, that was fun. But I would love to be in the audience for a sitcom taping. It just... Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, honestly, I mean, having done a few of them, it depends upon the show. I, I will say I've been in sitcoms where we're ta- it's gone six or seven hours, and we had to release the audience because they were literally falling out of their chairs with, with boredom. So um, 
And, and it's not this show, by the way. I mm. mean, this show, we've got it down to a science, <laughs> and it truly is like a show. We even serve pizza. It's great. Um, but it could be a lot of different things. It depends on the people involved and, and the writing. I mean, you can't discredit the writing either because it really all rests in that. Yeah. So, so, so wait, you have – you serve pizza to your audience? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm coming out to LA oh, it's and great. going to a taping. I mean, we have a comic <laughs> in the audience, a comedian who's keeping the audience warmed up and happy while we change costumes and things like that. We serve pizza. And then you have Tim also, yeah. with, you know, whatever. So, um, and, and we get it all done in a couple hours. It's really pretty great. And these oh. cameras, it's four cameras on uh, proscenium stage, and it moves from set to set to set. And the audience can watch it on monitors, or they can uh, just watch what's happening on the floor. And it's pretty fun. People people enjoy it. I'm coming out to L.A. just to go to a taping. And there's prizes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Is there a certain yeah. sense of pride with, that goes with making a live TV show work? Because I know I was listening to, uh, when, when even before the show even started, I was watching a like a Tonight Show appearance or something, and Tim was saying how it's live and nobody does it live anymore and how he was proud that the show is a live studio audience. So is there like a certain, I guess, pride in getting the juice from the audience and making that yeah. work out? There, there is definitely a sense of pride and there is um, a sense of accomplishment because it's, it's, we, I think we make it look easy, but it's not easy. And I think there's, there's certainly a sense of pride every time you can get an audience to laugh, to laugh so hard that they feel like they're going to wet themselves. <laughs> I mean, that is, I mean, to reach people and be able to get them to laugh, that's, that's an amazing thing. So, uh, yeah, I always feel really proud. And, and then I also feel like beating myself when, <laughs> when, I, when they don't laugh. <laughs> yeah, so, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, just this is a pivot. I don't know how to transition, so I'm not going to. Uh, but I was looking at, I was looking, I was checking out your Twitter, and it seems you mentioned the the animal advocate stuff, and it seems like you you're an advocate for a couple of different things on Twitter. I, I don't know if, if you want to go into it. You're you're more than welcome. I was just kind of intrigued by the fact that you use Twitter not only as like an interaction thing, but as like a platform as an actress, and if you think it's find I, that to be important and I'm things like that. I'm that you're even saying that because I feel like, <laughs> first of all, I'm such a novice and uh, ignoramus when it comes to any of this stuff. <laughs> and uh, I've been coached by Molly and Amanda and Caitlin on the show because I just don't know what I'm doing. And they are all always admonishing me like, don't respond to people, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but I, I literally just go through the feed and whatever sort of um, either appeals to me or makes me angry or whatever I, 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 I like, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, but definitely a lot of animal stuff. Uh, I, I mean, I do follow PETA and I'm constantly retweeting that kind of stuff. And, and I love to read, so anything literary. Uh, and, um, I mean, I'm not that political. I mean, lately I've been sort of intrigued about Evan McMullen, wondering what he's up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, just sort of whatever, whatever, whatever you, yeah, whatever yeah. interests yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, was there was there something that that intrigued you about the? Uh, because I'm a, I'm an advocate, an animal advocate myself as well. So I was just interested in what might have um, had that click for you, and what 
what got you interested in PETA and all that stuff? Because I think it's great um, to have people with your. I kind mean, of I've always loved animals. I, I mean, you can tell. You can hear my rescue dogs barking That's periodically true. through this. In fact, if you were looking for a nice segue, I could have just signaled them to to bark, and that would have helped. <laughs> um, uh, and I just, uh, it, 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 I think in the last few years, I've, I've seen how we treat animals and how where our food comes from and uh, I've, I've always loved elephants I've visited Africa and they're, they're amazing majestic beasts and I just think I'm just cruelty in any form people or animals um, is, is very disturbing to me Down. Okay. yeah we yeah. had um, I don't know if you're familiar with him or not but uh, we, inter- we had interviewed a sh- uh, earlier on this year we had interviewed uh, actor Paul Blackthorne um, I don't know him. No, he's uh, yeah, he's a Brit- British actor. He's on like the television, the the CW, like the comic book Arrow and the Flash and and, uh-huh. and those kind of shows. But he's a big advocate for uh, rhino, uh, for saving oh, the rhinos yeah. in Africa, and he does a lot of things like that. So we we gave him a platform for that as well, and he was like thrilled that we were able to talk to him about it. And wow, that's uh, great. And when we That's finally great. met him, and he was he was talking to him, talking to us about it even more in person, and so so yeah, so like Steve, I mean, we're you know we're big into that as well. We don't, you know, I will say too, it wasn't that long ago, and and um, I just I, I I've always known about poaching, and uh, was at a loss as to how I could help or what I could do, and then it seems like in the last few years, and maybe it is because of social media. There's been such a uh, an outcry and uh, a, a positive movement towards trying to stop it. I mean, a really aggressive movement towards trying to stop it. I mean, and it's it's baby steps compared to what is actually happening, but um, but it's happening, and and that's a good thing. Yeah. So um, I know we're running a little we're running towards the end of our time, but before we let you go, there was one thing I wanted to bring up, and I was racking my brain on how I wanted to bring this up, and the only way I could think of is to ask you if you would sell me some haggis. No, <laughs> like a planet. I have to say, I I love so much. So I married an axe murderer. Oh, cool! Thank you. I am Thank such you. A, I'm such a fan of that movie. I've been a fan of that movie for years. I have a ton of friends who are fans of that movie, and they would never forgive me if I didn't bring that up and tell well, you how much we love. That you movie. belong to an elite cult because <laughs> no one saw that movie when it was in the theater. Literally, no one, and that is. Possibly the one thing that I've done, the one piece of work that I've done, that whenever people say, "Oh, I know you," it's so I married an axe murderer. That's so I married an axe murderer. Yeah, that movie yeah. is is uh, yeah. I mean, it's if you look at, uh, I try not to look at like um, you know, like critic ratings and, th- and Rotten Tomatoes and things like that, and especially for cult movies like that that I love because they always are I'm on sure the lower. It's been trashed. Yeah, yeah. they're always on the yeah. lower end, and all of us yeah. are always like, these people do not know what they're talking about. Uh, it's yeah. such an underrated movie. It's so much fun, and I have to imagine that even you know the same with working with Tim, working with Mike Myers had to be a blast as well. Well, he, I mean, he is the heart and soul of that movie, and. Um... It, it, it is a testament to his his genius as a as a writer also and a comedian because he um, a lot of what that movie is about is is him so um, it was it was it was kind of amazing 
Mm-hmm. And the whole the whole thing with him playing his father with the prosthetics, I know that that was a, a battle, and he won, and, and it was great. He's great. So, uh, yeah, he's pretty amazing. And it's I think it's the only thing that he's done where he actually plays a guy, like just a straight guy <laughs> who's trying to get the girl. Yeah, yeah, you're you right. Know, everything else, he's this caricature. And in this, he's a leading man. Yeah. So it's... It's interesting. So, yeah. And, and it's, it's a really good opportunity for him to shine as a leading man, too. And it's just a shame that he never really gets that opportunity too often because he's good at right. it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. so, yeah, that was fun. Anthony LaPaglia, Amanda Plummer, a lot of people in that. Phil yeah. Hartman. Yeah. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people. A lot of actors in that movie. Yeah. Um, I think um, Charles Grodin is a cameo right. in that film. and. Um, so many great roles. So yeah. So I would have never been. I would have never heard the end of it if I didn't bring that up. And just... uh, I'm so glad. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we're again we're running short on time, but of course, you know, Stephen mentioned your Twitter, so we want to encourage people to follow you. You're at Nancy great. A. Yes, Travis. I need followers. Get them on there. <laughs> at Nancy A. Travis on Twitter. Uh, Last Man Standing is at Last Man ABC on Twitter. And, of Great. course, uh, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock Central, currently in Season 6. We're such big fans of the show, so we want to encourage people to go and watch it. On ABC. Yep. And it, on ABC. And we, uh, I'm as much of a fan of Home Improvements as I am, I'm keeping my fingers crossed you guys beat that record and you guys go yeah, longer than that. Good. Me too. Well, me too. <laughs> I'll ask the psychic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ask the psychic how long it's going to go or if you're just going to beat Home Improvement because then you know you're a success great so uh but nancy thank you so much for joining us i it's such a pleasure to talk to you oh thank you my pleasure uh all right guys stick around or not stick around but we will be back with another showcast later on down the road so join us then thanks a lot